Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Abroad Pod. I'm your host, Nicole, and today I'm joined by another guest for another Broad Series episode. The Abroad Series is a series I started last season to showcase different abroad programs and experiences around the world. So far, between seasons one and two, I've had five guests on the pod to speak about their experiences abroad, including studying abroad in Florence, Italy, Galway, Ireland, Semester at Sea, and in Barcelona, Spain. This week's episode is going to be a little different because we're going to focus on teaching abroad. Today, I'm joined by Kylie, a 2017 college grad who spent six months traveling throughout Asia and teaching English in Thailand after graduation. If you've ever wondered what it's like to teach abroad or are interested in learning more about backpacking through Southeast Asia, this is the episode for you. Without further ado, let's jump in and meet Kylie. Hey, Kylie, welcome to the Abroad Pod. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to have you today. Do you want to introduce yourself to my listeners? Yeah, so my name is Kylie. I'm 24 years old, currently living at home in Hawaii. I'm kind of a recent graduate. I graduated December 2017 from Biola University in California. Um, I studied psychology. Nice. Um, And as far as international experience goes, I mean, I have more than the average person, I would think, but not a, I mean, there's always someone with more experience than me. Um, But I'd say my first international experience was in high school when I went to Europe with my AP Euro class. And that kind of sparked like this interest in wanting to travel and live abroad. Nice. So since then I've lived in Thailand for a bit and then just kind of bounced around that area. So cool. Yeah, that's what we're going to be focusing on today, as you guys can tell by the title, is teaching in Thailand. And then you also did a bit of backpacking afterwards, right, Kylie? Throughout, like, Southeast Asia? Cool. I'm super excited to learn about that, and I know my listeners are too. So I guess we can get into it. So you taught English in Thailand after you graduated, and do you just want to share the story of, like, what made you even want to do that in the first place? Yeah. So after I graduated, I came home just to like, I mean, I didn't really have a whole plan of what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't know what direction I wanted to go into. So I thought, you know, I would just stay home and work for a little bit and just see what doors opened. So I ended up getting a job and I just felt so stagnant here. And I think it kind of, the stagnant was emphasized by a mix of island fever where it's like, if you don't know what island fever is, it's yeah. like, what's that? Just, oh, so it's like, it feels like you're just stuck on an island and you can't escape, basically. Do a lot of people like, in Hawaii have island fever, would you say? Yes. <laughs> I think, especially now, where we just feel very stuck, like we can't leave. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I definitely felt that when I was working. And I, Also, I would just see friends and other people 
um, they would just share on social media that they were either living in another state or just, you know, doing something completely different with their lives. And that's what I wanted. I just didn't know exactly what I wanted or like the means of getting there. So it just kind of sucked, like seeing all like these friends just living in another state, doing all these cool things. And here I am, which there's nothing wrong with it. It just, I didn't, it didn't feel right for me. Mm -hmm. I just came home and was like starting the nine to five. Yeah. The classic like post-grad dread. (laughs) Yeah. So what kind of got me into it was my, I was kind of (laughs) complaining to my auntie about it. And then she told me, why don't you go teach English in Japan? Because here in Hawaii, most people, like when they teach abroad, they'll go to Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought about that. But when I went to look at the application, it was closed. <laughs> so then I was thinking like, where else could I go? And then I did see another girl I went to high school with. She was out in Thailand teaching. And I was like, I could do that too. <laughs> and you know, it's like, it's a whole new um, whole new culture that I'm not familiar with at all. So I thought it would be fun to just kind of throw myself into that and just completely immerse myself in something new. And also, it's also a tropical kind of vibe. So it would be a little similar to Hawaii in a sense. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, so that's the story of what made you choose to do this crazy adventure. And now that you decided that you wanted to do this, how did you go about it? Like, I know you telling me earlier you went through a program so maybe you can just share a little bit about that program and yeah like how you got started yeah so I went through a program um the program was CIEE which is based on the east coast so a lot of people on the west coast especially in Hawaii like haven't like no one here has heard about it Mm -hmm. um they were really easy to work with like I got my application in and they were really quick to respond to any question I had um yeah, it's just it was a really easy process working with them. That's awesome. So, did you pl- apply to Thailand, and then they placed you in like a specific part of the country, or could you choose like where you wanted to be? Um, we could list our preferences, but it was a little challenging because certain places obviously are a lot more you know a lot more people want to go there versus others. Right. So. I, when I applied, I mean, they offer a bunch of different countries you can go to. So mm-hmm. I said I want to go to Thailand. And then my options were, um, the first was the South, and then Chiang Mai, and then I said Northeast Thailand. So I was placed in a small province in Northeast Thailand. Nice. Okay, cool. So my next question is, when you arrived, like, what did you teach so you just said you lived in northeast thailand but like where did you live and yeah what were you teaching there so the province was Kalasin and i just got english there it was a really small province in northeast oh how old were your students were they like babies or adults <laughs> no so they were in elementary school so we call it um Pradham. so they were p1 to p6 which is the equivalent of first to sixth grade Oh, nice. And I only taught the kids that were in the English program. Nice. And, like, what was your day-to-day like as a teacher? Like, did you teach every single day, like, Monday to Friday? Or was it super flexible? Like, yeah, I'm sure we'd love to learn more about that. Yeah. So I taught, I want to say, around two to three classes a day. So it was pretty relaxed, actually. 
And then after school, I did um, a phonetic session with each grade, which was just basically an extra session to challenge their English language and writing and speaking. So usually we just did work um, worksheets or we just did like different games and stuff like that. So when you weren't teaching those classes, what were you doing like day to day? So I was at my desk either planning for future lessons or planning future trips. Ooh, that's what I'd be doing too. (laughs) Yeah, I took advantage of every single weekend. Nice. So when we first talked to you told me that there was a lot of challenges of going to Thailand and it sounds like you didn't really know anyone in the area that you were in. So do you want to maybe share like some of those challenges because other people might be considering doing this too. And I think it's important to, you know, educate everyone on what to expect. So talk about that a little bit if you want. Yeah. So my personality, I'm very much like a go, go, go type of person. Like I'm always wanting to do something. I don't like being bored. Um, So looking back, on when I first started teaching, I wish like even well, even before I started teaching, when I applied to teach, I wish I had taken into consideration like where I would be living more instead of just I'll just pick wherever and I'll be fine wherever I go. Mm-hmm. Um, no, <laughs> you, you need to take things into consideration. So I experienced a lot, a lot of FOMO, which is fear of missing out. And anxiety and honestly if you ask anyone that I taught with they would all agree that I really struggled with that because mm-hmm. um, you know I mean I was in a smaller town which does have its perks you know it's a smaller town you get to know the people better um, and it's like your priority is of course teaching the kids but at the same time it's like I do want to experience all Thailand has to offer right so and just seeing my friends that were like in Bangkok or Chiang Mai going out and just even on a school night they would like go into the city and then just go back um I mean I'd be lying if I said I wasn't jealous of that right because for me even just getting I mean getting to Bangkok was hard I would have to take the overnight bus which was eight hours Um, oh wow oh wow yeah (laughs) rural (laughs) I was far (laughs) so yeah just taking those things into consideration is just really important mm-hmm. and also I mean I've I have a history with like struggling with anxiety so even just taking that too mm-hmm. where it's like if you were placed in somewhere that's pretty empty where you can connect with locals but for a good amount of the time you're going to be just by yourself like is that okay with you and even though like I do like my alone time. I'm an introverted extrovert. So it's like, I do like connecting with other people Mm -hmm. and going out and doing things. So that was challenging for me. Yeah. I totally relate. Yeah. Just get really sad about it. The things I just felt like, even though, um, you know, it was, I'm so grateful to be in Thailand and to be experiencing living in a completely new culture. I mean, I couldn't help but feel at times that I was missing out. Mm hmm. And what did you do to kind of, like, overcome that besides plan some trips? <laughs> no. Um, I guess just talk to people and stay busy in certain ways. So I did a lot of, like, I would walk around town 
just mm-hmm. like to get out, get moving. Instead of just sitting in my apartment feeling sorry for myself, I was like, you know, I need to just change my mindset, which was not easy and mm-hmm. was not necessarily successful with that, but I tried. <laughs> and honestly, even just getting out, walking around, like that helped. Cause then it's like, I'm seeing other parts of the town that I haven't seen before. I'm finding new shops and running into people I've seen before. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you go out, you actually see some of your students and it's so cute because they're just so happy to see you. I mean, I don't know about other people, but personally for me, if I saw some teachers in public, I would try to like hide from them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to see you. Yeah. But they were just so, they would just like scream and they were like, teacher, and they would just run up to you. It was so cute. Aw, that's so Sweet. So you mentioned you lived in an apartment. Was that something you had to find mm-hmm. on your own or did CIEE like help set you up with that? Yeah. So this is a good thing about going through a program. And actually I have a blog post that covers how to get started, which kind of breaks down like pros and cons of going through a program. We'll link that in the um, show notes below. I'll link okay, that in this episode. Sweet. So going through CIE, you're guaranteed a position, you're guaranteed a job. And the contract they have with the school is that they're going to find you housing and pay for it. So I didn't have to cover that. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's so, that's so good to know. I'm sure anyone who's listening to this is just like, I'll remember that. (laughs) Granted though, you are at the mercy of them choosing the apartment. Oh. Which most, in most cases it's fine. Like it's a very basic living situation, but I know for some people, like some people didn't have AC, they didn't have fans. Um, yeah oh that could so. be brutal in southeast asia it was like a yes. breeze when i was there i think that was like april too so not even like peak um, that's yeah that's like the hottest time of the year in thailand yeah when were when were you there i was there in may so i it was still extremely hot mm-hmm. but yeah nice so is there anything that you wish you knew kylie before teaching abroad like, is there any advice that you would give to postgrads who maybe want to do this in the future, of like post-COVID? <laughs> yes. So I would say definitely do a lot of research on what you want to do. And I mean, not just what you want to teach, but where you want to teach. And also just your intentions behind it. Like, are you doing this merely to travel or, you know, which, yes, I do agree. This is a really good opportunity to get you abroad and to get you to travel a bit. But you have to remember while you're there, like that's not the main priority. Your priority is teaching. Mm-hmm. And when you go to a school, like that's what they're expecting is that you're there to teach, not just to have fun and travel around. You kind of just have to remember to balance those when mm-hmm. you're there. And yeah, well, also take into consideration, I mean, along the lines of where you want to live, just the things that are around you. So in my town, we didn't really have transportation. So mine was all walking. <laughs> We had a few tuk-tuks, but other than that, not really. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas, like, in Bangkok, you know, there's a lot of transportation. They have the BTS, which is, like, a metro. Mm -hmm. Um, They have, like, two airports. I didn't have either of those. Um, And also, I mean, I would just encourage, especially if you're a recent college grad, and maybe if you're not a recent college grad, you could be like me and be, like, a few years out of college. Um, just do it. Like there's no better time in your life to just be spontaneous and live abroad than right now when you have like no commitment, not 
many responsibilities and all you're focusing on, which it does sound selfish, <laughs> but your focus is just no, yourself. That's what your 20s are for. I so agree with yeah, you. Yeah. Like take advantage of this time. And I mean, if you're looking to live abroad, like this is a good opportunity to do it because then when you're teaching, it's like you save the money and then go travel with it. Yeah. That's awesome. So I guess pivoting a little bit because you covered teaching abroad. Let's talk about travel because yeah. it sounds like you did a little bit at the end and you were talking too about how you need to balance like teaching and travel. And it sounds like you did that by teaching kind of when you were required to and then booking some trips at the end. So yeah, yeah do you want to just talk a little bit about that? Like where you went and when you did that? Like was it right after you were done teaching or? Yeah, so I taught for a semester from May to September, and then um, the students have about a month break before going back to school. But because I stopped teaching, I had an unlimited amount of time, mm -hmm. <laughs> so to speak. So a bunch of my friends and I, we used that time. We went to Bali, Vietnam, Taiwan, Singapore, Japan. But I mean, some of them, I went by myself. We didn't do all of it together. Mm -hmm. But That's yeah, that was, that was really fun. How long did that trip take? Like how long were you traveling for after you stopped teaching in September? I was traveling until the end of December. Oh, wow. So in about another few months. That's awesome. So yeah, let's talk about that. I'm assuming you were backpacking, right? Like kind of staying at ho like hostels and... Yeah. Actually, around. what's funny is that I like I went to Thailand with the intention that I would be traveling, but not with the intentions of backpacking. Well, I'm also a noob, or I was a noob at backpacking. So <laughs> instead of having like an actual backpack, I had a suitcase. Okay. I don't, don't feel bad. <laughs> don't feel bad because when I was studying abroad in Australia, I had. A spring break that I converted into a three-week spring break and I traveled Southeast Asia with a 50-pound suitcase. Too. Oh my god. So don't feel bad. I wouldn't do it again but like you're not alone. <laughs> yeah no learn from us and use a backpack. Yeah yeah you'll get looks yeah and the streets are not meant for that kind of luggage so <laughs> no not at all. So did you plan that trip kind of all in advance or were you in Bali and you're like, ooh, let's go to Taiwan next? <laughs> like, how did you even go about like making all that happen? Yeah, well, originally I was going to teach a second semester in Bangkok, but that kind of fell through. Mm -hmm. So originally we had planned Bali, Vietnam and Taiwan. But after that, it was just kind of bouncing around to wherever we felt like. That's awesome. So we ended up after Taiwan, we came back to Thailand for a bit. I went back, no, I went to Singapore by myself. I went back to Vietnam, went back to Thailand, went to Japan, back to Thailand, then I came home. Wow. <laughs> A lot of bouncing around. That's an adventure. So do you have any recommendations for people who want to backpack Southeast Asia? Yes. So I would say pack lightweight clothing. You will not regret it. You'll sweat a lot. <laughs> you sweat. Do not take jeans. I don't know what possessed me to think of packing like three pairs of jeans. I didn't wear it once until I got to Japan. 
But other than that, it did not work. It just sat in my closet. Mm-hmm. Jeans. Um, my recommendation, like, especially for Southeast Asia, where, like, if you go to temples, it's a little more conservative, is to either take, like, a flowy jumpsuit or just, like, um, a wrap to just cover your legs. Mm-hmm. Also, when you're walking around in public, just be mind. Of course, just be mindful of your surroundings, but also with your belongings. Just keep them secure, close to yourself. Um, if you're walking on the street, like on the sidewalk, have your items more like on the inside, so that like deters people from attempting drive-bys. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll, they'll just drive by and like try to grab your bag. Um, and also just be flexible, um, because. Like when we were in Bali, and we we were there for about two weeks, but once we got there, we were like, I wish we didn't have like everything planned so we could just stay here for a month. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna find that you're gonna want to stay in certain places longer, and maybe some countries like you won't need as much time. So just learn to be very flexible, and that's also with a lot of the cultures there. They're very like relaxed and go with the flow kind of thing. I mean, that's definitely how it is in Thailand. Yeah. That's such good advice because that's the beauty of backpacking is like you can yeah. literally do whatever you want whenever you want. So that's really- yeah, like you don't have to worry about booking a flight way in advance because over there they're pretty cheap, um, and even just hostels like they're super flexible with all of that. Mm-hmm. I agree. I got some really good deals. Did you fly Scoot? at all like scoot airlines when you were in southeast asia no i didn't <laughs> i did it was the worst flight i've ever been on we dropped probably like 50 feet in the air and i i was literally sitting like forward because the seat was so bad <laughs> and when you like buckled during their safety presentation they were like please buckle up we're about to scoot away now <laughs> so Wait, that's kind of cute <laughs> it is cute except that it was like low-key very unsafe but <laughs> it's fun i made it and it was cheap. Actually, so. I, I actually kind of had a similar experience once. So I was I usually flew with Air Asia, mm-hmm. um, and then I mean I don't I didn't think about this, which is another tip I recommend is looking into the airline safety. Mm-hmm. So I was just like booking with whoever, and then it wasn't until my mom said something that was like, "You should check if these airlines are safe or not," and I found out some of them like aren't as safe. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so we're flying from. Taiwan to we had a layover in Malaysia over in Air Asia, and then all of a sudden, at least the um, the pilot knew this was coming, but he turned on the fastened seatbelt sign, and literally right after that, it just we were hit with such bad turbulence, and then at one point it literally felt like we dropped about like fifty feet, uh-huh. and life flashed before my eyes in that did, moment. Did you get air? Like I remember when we dropped, I got air a little bit. <laughs> Yes, I did. I <laughs> jumped. I was like, "All right, this is where this is where it ends." I feel that, but yeah. again, worth it, right? <laughs> it was worth it. Yeah, awesome. So, is there anything else, Kylie, that you'd like to add? Um, no worries if you don't, because we covered a lot. But just like any last like words of wisdom to people wanting to travel to Southeast Asia. Yeah. So definitely take a lot of pictures um I always go by the saying like you'll only regret the pictures you don't take (gasps) love that and even now like I took a lot of pictures over there and 
my friends kind of would joke around like, oh, Kylie's going to take a lot of pictures. But it's like, even when I, I came back, I'm like, I wish I took more. Mm-hmm. But yes, take a lot, a lot of pictures. And one thing I wish I did was journal. Um, just to document feelings in the time it happens. You want to capture like all these incredible moments that for all you know, you might not get to experience again. Mm-hmm. Um, just definitely you're going to, there's moments that you're going to want to remember and you're going to cherish later on. So take a journal and of course travel with an open mind and always be willing to adapt and learn new things from other cultures. I love that. Oh, that's such a good end. <laughs> well, thank you, Kylie, so much for coming on the Abroad Pod today. I had so much fun thank learning you. more about teaching. It's definitely something that I even want to do in the future because I'm only 22, so I'm kind of just starting my postgrad mm-hmm. journey. So it would be so fun to do that in like a year or two. Yeah. So I learned a lot. And yeah, this is so fun. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, guys, and that brings us to the end of another episode of the Abroad Pod. I hope you guys loved hearing about Kylie's experience in Thailand, teaching English, and backpacking Southeast Asia afterwards. This episode was different than other ones that I've done because Kylie didn't study abroad. This was actually a post-grad program that she did through CIEE after graduation. So, I hope you guys liked learning about that, and if you've thought about teaching English abroad, I hope you got some questions answered and are feeling inspired. So, as always, please take a second on Apple Podcasts and leave me a rating. You don't even have to write anything. That would be a review. A rating is just you click the stars. Please give me five stars, but you know what? I would take four, even three. (laughs) A five-star rating would be great. Um, But yeah, guys, it would mean the world. I put a lot of time and effort into this podcast weekly, which of course I love doing it. It's a fun hobby. It's also turning into a bit of side hustle with getting some paid opportunities here, but it would just mean a lot to have some more ratings. That way Apple Podcasts will push this to even more people. So thank you guys so much for listening. And with all that being said, I'll catch you next week. So have a good Wednesday. Bye.